This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm Dave Meltzer with my super staff here. And I have the co-founder of co-founders coming on. If I'm going to start a business from now on, I'm calling up my friend, Josh Luber. This guy has co-founded StockX, uh, Fanatics Collectibles, and now he has co-founded, or maybe even founded by himself because he forgot to call me, as he promised, to co-found it. Zero Cool, welcome to Office Hours, Josh Luber. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me and for the kind words. And I don't know, maybe we'll add you to the co-founder masthead after the show. Uh, please do, man. And I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is as long as Josh Luber is involved. But more importantly, you know, I break down things when I analyze a business and you are a master at these three things. One is knowing the market, knowing the market maker, and then understanding margins to the point where when I put on a pair of Travis Scott Nikes that were gifted to me from my relationships at Nike and my kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like trying on my new shoes and like, those are worth 3,500 bucks. Just go to StockX. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Who created a market for tennis shoes like that? And they're like, well, dad, your friend did. You know, Josh, I was like, what are you kidding me? Um, you know, you have an eclectic background like I do, education-wise and experience-wise. How did you hone in on the idea of finding the right markets and being a market maker within those markets, but also identifying the margins? Well, you know, it's interesting the the three ways you broke it down, which are were accurate and, and technically accurate. Um, they all level up at the the sort of highest concept to just supply and demand. I mean, this is econ 101 at its most basic, right? This is like first day of, of business school. And, you know, the industry that someone chooses to be in or to start a business in or make products or, or as a consumer to buy in is largely a function of whatever their interests are, their passions are. And, and for me, I've started and run four or five other companies before I finally started creating companies in the spaces that I'm personally passionate about. Um, but whether it's, you know, you're talking about, you know, um, uh, market makers. I mean, market makers, that's about demand. That's about creating demand for products. And, you know, the other side of it, you know, supply is what starts to tell you what that market price is and what the margins are going to be based on, you know, what the, the retail prices is. But all of this, again, supply and demand, basic stuff. And then it's about what industry do you want to be in and, and where do you want to be? Johnny. Hey, Josh, congrats on all your success, man. It's very impressive. Thank you. Um, you know, I'd love to hear, as an entrepreneur and a venture capitalist, you, I'm sure you've been involved with, with money raises as part of your success. I'd love to hear your insight on how important it is, especially in those early rounds, for having investors that are strategic in nature and also the building of an advisory board and how that's impacted any of your companies in the long run. Yeah. Um, you know, um, ironically, uh, I am probably right in the middle of, of thinking through that um, again for the, I, I can't even count how many times. And, you know, when you're first starting a business, when you're first trying to get this off the ground, you know, you'll take any dollars that'll help keep the lights open. Um, but you very quickly realize that, you know, that's a, that, that is a marriage based on not a whole lot of information when you start taking money from people and, and getting into business with them. And um, whether, and frankly, it, it's, it's the same way if you're, if you're paying money, if you're hiring people. And, and so those relationships with your employees and with your investors are the most important thing, frankly, to a, co a company is just people. 
just people at, at its most basic. And so that culture that you create with your employees and with your partners and with your investors is ultimately going to, you know, live or die for the, for the business. Customers come next and shareholders come after that. But, you know, it's about the people in the trenches with you. First, you have a legendary background. I just wanted to say that. That's by far my favorite background. Amen. So I, um, you know, before this, I posted, uh, hey, I'm going to be, you know, interviewing a few peeps and everybody was talking about you. Are you kidding me? You're going to interview Josh? Um, so I, this is one of the, the, the questions outside of the 105 that I had in my head for you. Um, the, all, the authentication process, right, with your company, StockX, obviously... I mean, this day and age, technology is continuing to evolve. It's becoming more of a threat for people to create things and try and find ways to finagle systems. How much time, energy, and what like processes do you have in place to continue to try and protect the consumer of your companies? Yeah. You know, I love talking about authentication at StockX because on one hand, it's perhaps the most important thing that we did. On the other, um, it's the biggest red herring uh, in the entire business. Look, there's obviously a tremendous amount of value in the fact that we authenticate products, that someone's not gonna get a, a fake pair of shoes or a, a fake uh, collectible or, or clothing. Um, and particularly for you know, a 14 year old kid who saves up you know, all his money and spends you know, 80% of his disposable income on a pair of shoes. I mean, you know, that's just catastrophic for that person to, to get a fake product and have to deal with the ramifications of that particularly in a marketplace or in an environment where there are no repercussions or no way to make that right. On the other hand, for StockX, for our business, that's actually just the ante to play. The real business is, is the model, is the bid-ask model that uses a single product page that enables all the efficiencies of how a stock market works. I mean, you know, we call it a stock market of things. It's, it's obviously based off of, of stock market principles. But all of that is only possible if you can have all the products in one single product page. Like if you take everything away, that's the fundamental difference between StockX and almost every marketplace is that single product page. And the only way to do that is to standardize what we're selling. And the only way to standardize, or at least one part of standardization is authentication, knowing whether it's real. So it really just is a red herring in the overall importance of the business, but it doesn't take away from the importance of that 14-year-old kid. So when you see, you know, last year, right, the start of the NBA season last year, so exactly a year ago, eBay finally created an authentication system for their shoes that they sell on, on eBay. And I'm sure that was helpful, and I'm sure for people that were already buying shoes on eBay, that that was a, a great thing. But it doesn't change the fundamental nature of the marketplace. eBay is still a listings-based marketplace. They're never going to change to a, a, um, a single product page. It's just fundamental to, to who they are. And so we're talking about two very different things, but it, again, it doesn't change the value to that 14 year old kid. He doesn't want a fake pair of shoes. Yes, congratulations on your I'll be careful of this one, Josh. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> she looks innocent, here we go. Do I? I'm gonna work on that. Um, so I'm gonna take it back. I would love to know who were some of your first mentors or role models that got you started that you've uh, kept around to and they've inspired you continuously to get where you are today? Yeah. So I grew up in Philadelphia. I graduated college in 99. And um, I went to uh, Emory University in Atlanta. And being on the East Coast and you know graduating in 99, I kind of feel like I fell right in the middle. Like if I was four years younger, I might have been part of that, that first wave of, of, uh, of internet 
uh, boom. And if I was four years later, I would have missed it. But when, you know, when I came out, uh, we had just had that first internet crash and there were no internet businesses in my, and I didn't get into technology businesses for, for years after that. And again, being on the East coast, we didn't have the, the same resources. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, just think about the, the landscape of, there was no social media, there were no iPhones. Like it was just, it was completely different. So, um, so for me, it was, uh, it was, you know, things that you read in books and it wasn't until, um, I can't even count how many companies, but it was 2010 that I moved to New York. And, um, and at that point there was a, uh, an entrepreneur, um, whose, uh, whose name is Seth Goldstein. And Seth was one of the co-founders of a company called turntable.fm. And Seth was actually, he's about, uh, five or six years older than me. So he was part of sort of the first wave of, you know, like his, his Twitter handle was Seth, right? He was, he was there in, in the very beginning. Um, and, um, and I don't know if anyone remembers turntable.fm, which was this like meteoric rise of, a um, streaming, uh, music well before Spotify. But anyway, um, I wrote one of those, like, you know, dear John emails, like, Hey, I'll come work with you for free. I'll be, you know, one of those that, uh, that we all get. And, um, and he took the meeting and, you know, I spent the next couple of years, um, just, I, I forced him to become my mentor basically. Um, and just, and did whatever I could to be involved in his businesses because I, at the time I was working for IBM. So I just wanted to be involved in real startups that were on the front page of TechCrunch, that were raising money that were, you know, in the heart of all of that. And, um, and he's someone that I still keep in touch with and, and, um, you know, but like, but that was it because I didn't grow up in a time where, you know, you had access to even know who those, those entrepreneurs were. Real quick. We got a couple of minutes, Josh, zero cool. What's the differentiator now in the marketplace uh, in the collectible space for zero cool? What are you guys doing? Yeah, look, you know, there the trading card industry dates back to the 1800s, and there have always been trading cards for non-sports for for people other than athletes. But there's never been a consistent brand that has focused on the people. There's been cards for the IP. There's been Star Wars cards forever. There's been Marvel cards. There's been you know cards for movies. I have boxes of cards from from the television show Alf. Okay, <laughs> they're not very they're not very valuable. Um, but but think about the people and how important the people other than athletes are. You know, um, musicians and rappers and artists and fashion designers. Like all of these people are as iconic and as important as any athlete ever to culture to to our society. And so the whole point of Zero Cool is to focus on the people and create cards on a, at a consistent brand quality that they've been doing for baseball, basketball, football, hockey for, forever. And so that's really the importance of Zero Cool. It doesn't mean that we won't do uh, cards for IP. That, that's fine as well because those people act in those movies and, and perform in, in, in those plays. Um, but it really is about those people. And so you know, the first time that we have a, a rookie card for, for Drake um, or for, for Kim Kardashian, I mean, like say what you want, but you know, those people drive demand. And now we're back to the beginning of this. The whole thing is just, just supply and demand. And those people are important and they drive demand. Josh Luber teaching everyone to buy low and sell high. It's all about the market, <laughs> the market makers and the margins. He's, he's the master that there. Don't forget, Josh, I am your future co-founder advisor, whatever you need me. I bet on the jockey and that's one hell of a jockey right there. Thank you so much. Real quick. I know I'm late, but I have to ask you. Thank you. Padres or Phillies? Come on, Josh. I'm from Philadelphia. Please. <laughs> Please I know. I just want it on record when I can laugh at both you and Devin. All right. Thanks so much. This is Dave Meltzer with the incredible Josh Luber here on Office Hours.